everybody, welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Corner. My name is Pagan, and I am joined by a very awesome author that I've been super excited to talk to, and that is J. Allen Cross, who is the author of The Witch's Guide to the Paranormal. Jay, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to have you. I saw your book in the Llewellyn catalog and was like, huh, that looks interesting. I want to know more about this. This is going to be interesting. Immediately got a copy of it devoured the book. I also bought the audiobook because I like to have both as I'm reading. It makes my brain process and remember things a lot easier. Uh, but it was such a great book. It was literally the book that I wish that I could give to people when they say, oh, I want to go and become a paranormal investigator. <laughs> there was no handbook beforehand. Now there is one. <laughs> Excellent. That was my exact goal because I was like, you know, I, I kind of talk about this in the book a little bit. You know, when I joined Paranormal Investigation, I had a background already in a lot of this mm -hmm. stuff. And so I just assumed everybody else who's doing Paranormal Investigation had that same background. Nope. And then I was so <laughs> shocked when I actually started joining up with teams and working, you know, with other people in the community that most people have no idea how to actually interact with a haunting besides documentation. Mm-hmm. And so as much as I wanted this to be something for the witches... I felt that also, you know, your standard garden variety paranormal investigators also really need this information as well. So I exactly wanted to do that. I wanted to create a handbook or a manual for, you know, hauntings and how to work with them and interact with them and kind of provide it to the world because I, I didn't, I couldn't find something like that. So I wanted to hopefully provide it or at least one of, or at least start something. So maybe if I do it, then other people will follow behind <laughs> with their wisdom as well which is always something that I'm hoping for. So we'll we'll see what comes of it. I think that you did such a brilliant job with it. And one of the things I really enjoyed about your book was the fact that it wasn't, you know, when you expect kind of a guidebook, it, you expect it to be a little bit kind of heavy on the literature. It was a very humorous book. There were a lot of kind of joking anecdotes throughout it that just made me kind of giggle. And I'm like, <laughs> he really said that. Okay. All right. I like this. This is going to be a fun book. I don't, and of course, I don't remember any of them off the top of my head because it's been a couple of weeks since I read them. But if you are somebody who is interested in a really great book, this is going to be that shameless pitch moment, everyone. So head over to Amazon, head over to your bookstore, wherever you'd like to buy your books. Go pick up a copy. Trust me. If you're interested in the paranormal, this is the book you need to buy today. Buy it for your Definitely. holiday shopping. You know, Black Friday is right around the corner. So, uh, well, by the time you get get this, Black Friday will be over. So apologies for that. But I'm sure the deals will still be running between now and the holidays. So grab a copy, everybody. I promise you're going to love it. Absolutely. And now is a great time to do it because they, I, I guess they didn't expect there to be such a response to it so it's been back ordered for months and people really? are just now getting their um getting their copies and you know like bookstores and stuff i've been like you know oh hey i'm coming by do you guys have them and they're like no we've been trying to get it and like no one has it and everyone wants it and i'm like that's a good and a bad problem to have <laughs> so luckily they have been showing up we've gotten a bunch more printed which is a great thing so now is a good time to buy <laughs> Yes, that is so awesome. And I'm so glad that there was such a great response to this book. And I know when I wrote the review and started kind of posting the review around social media, a lot of people are like, I need to buy this book. How good is it? And I'm like, well, for starters, you could go read the review I wrote about it. But secondly, I will <laughs> gladly tell you it's a great book and a worthy buy, especially if you're interested in the paranormal. And it's really kind of a fun thing, too, because when I was reading the book, I'm like, this is everything I have been saying about the paranormal community 
forever that we need to have these ethical investigations that we need to be treating the spirits with a heck of a lot more respect than we do especially a lot more respect than is seen on paranormal television yes and that is one of the biggest downfalls i think to the paranormal investigation world is paranormal television and the fact that yes we should document it but a lot of the times the ones that get to be the big voice out there are so disrespectful to the spaces and the spirits and it's mm -hmm. like oh and like there there's a few shows i'm not going to name any names but there are a few shows out there that i cannot watch because i spend the whole hour watching the episode screaming at the television right right <laughs> and that's something too that i think has created such a big barrier between witches and the world of paranormal investigation because when i began to market this book and kind of tell people about it and kind of post about it on social media and in witchcraft spaces where I'm like, hey, I'm writing this book about, you know, witches joining, you know, paranormal investigation. I got some very odd responses because I, again, this is something that I think all people know and they don't, is a great deal of witches, their only interaction or resource for paranormal investigation has been television. Mm -hmm. And so not only was I finding a lot of people who thought that what they saw on TV is traditional uh, paranormal <laughs> investigation. I had someone call television paranormal investigation traditional investigation. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's and actually I had, the minority. <laughs> Just right. <for> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm trying to impress upon people that's like, okay, it's on television. This is what we call para entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I think as witches, we should know that media representation is not always what it's cracked up to be. Um, but something else that people were, I was really surprised by was a great number of witches truly believed that paranormal investigation is only something that happens on and for television. And so I got a lot of responses that were like, why would I want this book? I don't want to be on TV. Really? And I was like, I was like, <laughs> wait, you think that the only reason why you would do paranormal investigation is to get on or be on TV, they're like, yeah, there's no other reason for it. And I, it just blew my mind. Wow. I, I have not heard those responses in regards to that, but still, wow. Yeah. And, and that's when I kind of went like, oh, we really, really, really need this book, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, oh. <laughs> uh, just because that's not what it's supposed to be like. In fact, my team and pretty much every other paranormal investigation team that I ran across a has no desire to be on television mm -hmm. and B has very strict rules around respect for the spirits. And Absolutely. a lot of investigation teams that I come across have rules that if you are, you know, antagonizing the spirits, you're off at the very least that case, if not off the team, mm -hmm. um, which I think is something that a lot of people don't know that off television, the, the temperament around it is very different. Now, the one thing I do want to make very clear to the audience who's listening there is a difference between setting boundaries with spirits and antagonizing mm -hmm. the spirit. Yes. And your book makes that very, very clear that you can have strict boundaries with a spirit, just like you can with a human being. You're saying, no, this is my space. No, you can't do that. No, that's not allowed. Versus mm -hmm. berating them and being terrible to them. If somebody is terrible to you in real life, why would you do that to somebody who's dead? Exactly. And that's something that a lot of, especially new paranormal investigators who go in there like, oh, but they do it on TV. And I'm like, just because they do it on TV doesn't mean you should do it in real life. 
people commit murder on television shows as well. Should you do that? No, no, that's yeah, bad that's and not. illegal. <laughs> so, exactly. yeah. Now, we know kind of why you wanted to write this book, but what was your favorite part about writing this book? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, oh, there were so many parts of it that I really enjoyed writing. Um, one of my favorite sections in it that a lot of people, well, I, I guess I have two favorite sections in it that I think people aren't expecting when mm -hmm. it comes to this book. Um, Cause you know, I go over paranormal investigation stuff. I go over like the lingo, like what is in EVP and you know, what is a spirit box and things like right. that, which I think are important, but I have a whole chapter on um, portals, doorways and highways, mm -hmm. which is something that we, don't always talk about or people don't know about and I find that this tends to be a lot of people's Achilles heel when they start to go clear homes and then the activity comes back over and over again and they think that they've you know that they're not good enough that they've done something wrong but the truth of the matter is that they've simply missed something and it's that there's a big open doorway somewhere mm -hmm. in there um and there's also techniques that I discuss um, not only for closing those or, or kind of manipulating portals, but also um, erecting actual boundaries. Because sometimes you have a very unruly spirit and you need to buy yourself some time. And so I teach you how to like corral it in one area. So yes. you can like lock a spirit in a room, which is not a permanent solution, but it might buy you some time while you figure out while you regroup and kind of decide what else to do. So that was a part that I really love to talk about. I also have a section on developing mediumship skills, mm -hmm. talking about what mediumship is, the different kinds of mediumship, um, which is kind of a little bit of a controversial <laughs> section, but I it was also one of my favorites. And uh, the last one that I, I thought was so important that I, I originally wasn't going to add, and then I was like, you know what? They're going to need this. And it's a whole <laughs> section at the very end about um, working with clients yes because at the end of the day this is a customer service job you're going into someone's house you are you know dealing with their stuff and so you have to know how to talk to people how to handle people and how to not terrify people because I think part of this whole tv paranormal thing as well is this new thing where people walk into someone's house and go you have a demon and then oh, everyone yes. panics and it's like okay, how do we deliver certain news in a way that's tactful? And and also, how do we work with these different clients that you're going to see over and over again? So for instance, um, the family skeptic, mm -hmm. how do you deal with them? Um, what's, you know, and so I share some of my stories, some of my realizations about these people that you're going to run into over and over again, and what I have found helpful. So sometimes the living can be as hard to work with <laughs> as the dead. And I wanted to kind of I uh, give a very well-rounded toolkit for all of that. I think you did an excellent job. And I, I also really like the, the section of the book that you talked about going into a client's home and having them eventually kind of reluctantly divulge that somebody played with a, a Ouija board. Mm, and mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, playing with Ouija boards isn't necessarily bad or harmful, mm -hmm. but if you're doing it and you don't know what you're doing and you do have no, it's like practicing witchcraft without learning the boundaries and the, the very basics of what you're supposed to know. And you talk about that and it was such a beautiful way that you talked about this. And I'm like, oh, he wrote the book that I've been trying to tell everybody for years <laughs> that needed to be written. And then, of course, you know, there's a lot of the... um 
you know, paranormal investigators out there that don't want to be on television, but they don't yeah. want to also be one of the big name ones. They just kind of want to do their thing and kind of help spirits and help people, but they don't want to be huge out in the paranormal world. And so a lot of times people who are like, oh, well, you work with the paranormal and you don't have a big name, so you must not know what you're doing. Right. And that's such a terrible stigma that needs to stop because you can work with the paranormal. You can know what you're doing. You can have researched for years and still be on the quiet end of the spectrum. And trust me, you're just fine. As, And I would say possibly even more so than some of the ones that are the bigger name ones that we see on television. Those are yes. not always the best voices to listen to. <laughs> Granted, <laughs> they're the flashy so. ones and they do all the fun stuff and they get a little scary sometimes, but most of the time they're actually really harmful. And they have gone about doing this whole thing of you have a demon in your house. No, right. you have a spirit that doesn't know how to communicate very clearly. And right. then you have a spirit that is like, okay, I'm trying to communicate, but you only listen to me when I break something. Right. And it's or like, too, like, yeah. and something that I try and impress upon people is that it's like, there's a difference between something being evil and something just doing its natural processes. So mm -hmm. it's like um, this idea of like the spider and the fly. From the fly's perspective, the spider's pretty evil. Right. But the truth of the matter is, is that the spider's got to eat. That's mm -hmm. its natural process. That's what it does. And so when I run across these negative entities, what a lot of people end up calling demons on television, it's not because they're there to steal your soul. It's there because they're hungry. And okay. what they eat is fear. Mm -hmm. And you're an excellent target for that. So it's a little less good and evil so much as it is kind of more of a predator prey situation, mm -hmm. which I find is a little bit more understanding a lot of the time. It is a lot more understanding a lot of the time too. And I remember, um, for example, I live on a haunted farm, if you'd like to call Ooh. it that, but I don't call it that. I just call it a place where spirits like to congregate sometimes. I don't like <laughs> to use the term it's haunted because then everyone's like, Ooh, it's scary. No, it's not. My favorite spirit who happens to reside in my house is my coffee ghost. And you have a coffee ghost? I have a coffee ghost. I don't know who he was, but I do know that when he was alive, he absolutely was infatuated with coffee. He was a coffee connoisseur. And so vicariously through the living, now he likes to just smell the coffee when it's being brewed in the morning. And he gets very indignant if you do not brew a cup of coffee in the morning. He will slam the cabinet door. He will get, he will rattle the cups. He gets very indignant about it because all he wants to do is smell the coffee. So as long as you brew a cup of coffee, he is perfectly content and very happy. And he means no harm. He just misses coffee. That's the whole thing. So he is my coffee ghost and we love him. Uh, that he, is so funny. <laughs> he's such a funny ghost. And he, he really does get mad if you don't brew coffee. And especially if we have like a doctor's appointment where we have to fast and we can't brew coffee, then we have to go and explain to him. We're like, we can't brew coffee right now, but we'll brew some later. Yeah. So, but yeah, he is a, he's a funny ghost. And we have some other ghosts on the farm that um, are residuals. And we have some others <laughs> that um, are very interesting. We have a one that is less than savory, as I like to call him, but he does mm. understand the boundaries of our home. 
and he likes to stand outside our house and scream at us as we walk outside oh love that yeah <laughs> i'm just like dude i don't know what your issue is but not today and you can't come in the house because you don't mean that to be nice to us so you can't come in yeah. and he respects that he never tries to push the boundaries but you know he does stand outside and as we walk to our cars he'll yell at us <laughs> it's the grouchy old man i don't know where these spirits have come from they're not tied to the land but i do know that a lot of the spirits that have come across here are because of the fact that we don't mean harm to them and they know that they can come and reside here for as long as they need to and then go about their business as long as they I do not cross those boundaries of if you're going to be bad you can't come inside mm -hmm. absolutely because that's something too that like i talk about in the book is that everyone thinks that if you have a haunting that that means that they had something to do with that space mm -hmm. or they live there or they died there or they built it sometimes they're from a couple miles away mm -hmm. and just wandered over and decided that they really liked your space and decided to hang out for one reason or another either you know your kids remind them of their own or they just love your decor or like you said you have kind of a safe space for them so sometimes they're from a ways away and they mm -hmm. just kind of end up at your space because it's it's comfortable for them. Absolutely. And that mm -hmm. is, I think that that's something that we also kind of don't, especially, you know, in the modern mainstream paranormal scene, we're not really talking about the fact that not all hauntings are bad. And sometimes you can basically have a ghost roommate and it's okay. They're not mm -hmm. there to hurt you. If they start to get, you know, kind of annoyed with you, then you might want to call in somebody who's can help you figure out what the issue is. But ultimately, <laughs> most of the time, they just want to live in their shared space. And there was somebody who told me, I think it was Michelle Bellinger, um, who told me that at all spirit activity and all earthly activity is kind of like a Venn diagram. We all overlap each other, but we're mm -hmm. technically still in two separate spaces. And I yes. thought that was such a beautiful way to put it. And so many things about your book just really hit that home. And it's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. He gets it. He he <laughs> made, he wrote the manual, everyone. Go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I love this idea of cohabitation with spirits because it definitely can happen. And something that I think you bring up that I think is important is this idea of, you know, these are still people. Yes. They just don't have bodies anymore. Mm -hmm. And so our interactions with them need to be the same as if we had a roommate. And the idea is still the same. You know, setting boundaries is really important. Hey, great. If you want to stay here, that's fine. But don't come into my room in the middle of the night. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, just something, you know, don't watch me in the shower. Watch me. You know? <laughs> exactly. <creepy>. So it's <laughs> setting boundaries is really important and also not overdoing it because there's this uptick uh, i guess now that everyone's doing spirit work or whatever it's, it's part of it but there's uptick that i've been seeing of someone being like oh i had this ghost causing problems in my home so i built an altar to it and i'm like no uh, no like, that's, that's not <laughs> there's a difference between you know helping said spirit but treating it like a deity is a totally different session Ooh. right and imagine if your roommate started acting up and being a jerk and so you built a shrine to them that would be very weird that would be very weird and set up a very odd so power badly imbalance. yeah yeah 
no don't do that no no shrines to just, creepy spirits or creepy entities um yeah, we're just no <laughs> and you know I, I have another kind of funny story we the my ex-co-host on a different podcast that i was on we used to do what was called say on saturdays and we would just kind of contact spirits from the void and you know ch sit down and chit chat with them um and just kind of experiment with the spirit world and there was one session that was so really intense and afterwards i was going and i was doing my after cleansing routine of breaking all the energy that we had done and all that and i was in the shower and my husband who was across the bathroom who was talking to me about it um was not facing the shower and i remember seeing a shadow of a hand pointing towards the shower curtain like i could see it through the shower curtain i was like what on earth i was like what are you pointing at and he's like i'm not pointing at anything and he's like what are you talking about and there was a giant uh grasshopper on the shower curtain and that's what the hand was pointing at and it was basically like don't freak out but there's a bug there and you're kind of afraid <laughs> of bugs don't freak out just a quick fyi yeah just a quick fyi it's like hey i'm just letting you know that this is there and the weirdest thing was he was like i have not moved my arms have been crossed i have not moved at all and i have no idea what you're talking about and he was literally just on the other side of the bathroom and it was the funniest thing and i was like oh well that was alarming a little bit <laughs> but at the same time i'm like thanks for letting me know I think <laughs> there's something about being in the shower when paranormal activity happens and it's like extra nope where you're like oh thanks but also no no I'm like at Hate least it. you weren't in the shower with me <laughs> right <laughs> it was definitely a very interesting uh kind of thing and so you know what are your plans going forward? Are you planning on writing any more books when it comes to paranormal activity? Are is this your just one and done? Um, do you have any future plans with this? You know, I have been uh, interested. And it's okay in doing... if you, you want to keep it hush hush. That's totally fine too. <laughs> I, I do have a couple more books in mind um, as far as kind of the 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 witchy paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I, I am curious about writing a book on spirit communication, but I want to wait on it a little bit because I don't want it just to be on mediumship itself. I mm -hmm. want to go into some of the other kind of spiritualist techniques. So something that I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with and trying to uh, play around with is table tipping, which oh. is something that we don't see much these yeah. days anymore. Um, and so it's something that I'm fascinated by. Um, I haven't had much success with it yet, but also I live in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So it's very hard to be like, hi, would you like to come over to a, my place or a <laughs> random place and see if we can contact spirits? Um, <laughs> but it is something that I'm I'm kind of experimenting with and seeing where we get. And so I would like to, you know, incorporate things like that into it as well. Um, but before I can write the book on it, I have to actually achieve it. So <laughs> that's completely fair. And table tipping is one of those things I've never experienced it or attempted it. Um, but it is definitely a fascinating one. I think uh, probably my favorite form that I've been experimenting with as far as spirit 
and deity communication is uh, using an oracle deck to have a conversation. Mm. And basically, as you're shuffling the deck, you, you know, tell, I usually do it with deities over spirits because deities have a little more kind of ability to kind of put it in order of how you're going to ask the questions. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, tell me to sh stop shuffling when, you know, all the questions are, are in order there. And then I just pull one card and I will then, you know, be like, hey, here is my question, pull the card and the card is your answer. And mm -hmm. surprisingly, at least with deity work, it is top notch on the money and it works oh. every time. And to the point that I'm just like, there's no possible way you could have put those cards in that order with me not even really knowing what the hell I was going to ask you. <laughs> there's no way. And it works so well. It does not work very well with tarot decks because I think tarot decks are too broad of meanings. But yes. Oracle decks work really well. And mm -hmm. so that that is a fun kind of um, communication. I have not tried it extensively with spirits. Um, mm -hmm. The one time I did try it with the spirit, it worked okay. Um, but it wasn't as good as it was with deity. So I don't know if that's the right medium for it. But it was definitely an interesting thing. So if that's something that you want to play with, by all means, go for it. I, I encourage people to play as long as you know what you're doing and you know how to clean up a mess if you get yourself in right <laughs> if you don't know how to do that don't play learn how to clean up the mess first and then you can play right Until buy then. the book and then play. <laughs> yeah, buy the book and then learn <laughs> absolutely yeah that's an interesting idea too and i think sometimes the issue between um like deity versus spirit is a lot of the time spirit is not familiar mm -hmm. with something like an oracle deck yes that is very so true. sometimes you have to kind of like show them a little bit and kind of explain it and then try and do it and then sometimes that helps a little bit um i i tend to stay away from cards a little bit simply because I, unless they have a card that's like you know like no answer or i don't know or or, or something kind of like that mm -hmm. because whenever you draw a card you're always going to get an answer it's, it's like um it's it's like when I see um, people online being like, "Oh, I'll I'll tell you who your your deity is because I have this stack of cards of deities, yeah. and no matter what I pull, you, we're gonna get one." So, right. Um, but I think with this particular idea of like communication versus like who your person is, you know, I think that there's a lot more possibility for it. Do you use a specific oracle deck? It depends on who I'm talking to. So oh. I'm a massive collector of tarot and oracle decks i have way too many and i probably should stop but i can't because i love them and creators keep coming out with gorgeous ones that i'm like i have to own you i'm sorry i, I don't have <laughs> the course. space for you but i have to own you um so i think it really depends on who i'm talking to um and also the intent of the question line of questioning that i want to like if i'm having like a moral dilemma or something is going on that I really just need some kind of, you know, guidance and answers. I will probably do a more serious kind of Oracle deck. Um, mm -hmm. But if I'm doing something that, you know, I really just want to have a get to know you kind of conversation, uh, then I will do something a little bit kind of serious, a little bit fun. So there's, you know, both interactions in there. And uh also, like I said, depending on who I'm talking to will also determine my oracle deck. So if I'm talking to somebody like the Morgan, for example, I will probably do 
a the last time I had a conversation with the Morgan, I used the Sacred Forest Oracle deck, which mm. is such a gorgeous deck. Uh, highly recommend it if anybody's looking for that. And uh, if I'm trying to have a very stern kind of shadow worky kind of conversation with the Morgan or any of the, I call them darker deities, but they're deities that have more serious undertones. Um, I will use the Dark Mirror deck. And that Oracle deck is the one that I tell everybody, don't ask for a reading from it because it's going to bite you every time. <laughs> oh, no. It, it's not. It's one of those decks that it just slaps you with the brutal truth every time. So if you don't want that and you're not ready for that, don't ask for a reading from that deck. <laughs> and it's true. Every person I've ever uh, encountered that owns this deck says the exact same thing. So I don't wow. know what it is. And the guidebook is not even worth its salt. But if you're somebody that can interpret based off of imagery, um, mm -hmm. it's a great deck to own, especially if you're trying to get that shadow work in. Especially if you need the spice. If you need the spice and you are willing to get bit by a deck, <laughs> then yes, buy that deck. Um, don't rely on the guidebook, though, at all. <laughs> the guidebook is more riddles than actual guides. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it really kind of depends on what I'm trying to do with it. But it does work really well. And we uh tried this actually i've never i had never tried it with a group before and i host a witchy wednesday group uh with my online community and my discord and i said hey this is what i do you know do you guys want to try reaching out to a deity as a group and see how well it works i said i don't even know if this is going to work as a group and they said yeah sure let's try it let's see what happens it'll be fun and so we did and the week before we did it, we, you know, grabbed a deck and I started shuffling and I'm like, okay, who do we want to talk to? And we'll ask them if they want to talk to us. You should always ask somebody for permission to talk to them. Never expect them to show up. You always ask. Mm -hmm. um, highly you got to knock on the door. Yeah, you have to <laughs> knock on the door. can't just walk right in. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want somebody to do that at your house. Just, you know, manners. Manners are important, right. even in spirit communication. So we were going through and they said, oh, well, why don't we talk to Diana? And I'm like, okay, I don't work with Diana. I don't know her very well, so we can try it. I will just be the fosterer of the cards, no problem. And Diana was kind of like, no, I'm not really big into this, uh, but I'll show you who you can talk to. And I'm like, okay, well, who do we want to talk to then? Next card, pull it up and I'm like, huh, this is interesting. And it had uh, very much kind of Athena vibes to it. And you open it up. The first line says Athena. And I'm like, oh, are we going to talk to Athena? Is that who we're talking to? Is that what's happening? Here? And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And it was such a fascinating experience that everyone's like, I cannot believe how well this is working. And I'm like, I know. I can't believe how well it's working either. And that's the. <laughs> best part about you know paranormal work and exper experimenting is when something like that actually works and you're like right. oh this is really cool i want to do it again <laughs> and so yeah you we had such a great time with it and they were like this was so much fun i would have never thought about doing this and i'm like honestly i was in a really bad place the first time i did it and i said i need answers that are clear that I don't, mm -hmm. you know, have to go, is this my brain? Is, you know, this me manipulating it? And I was like, I need something that is so random that it cannot be construed as anything else. I need something that's going to work. And so I did the Oracle thing and it works fantastically. So 
I think it would be fun to try with uh, like working with spirits, but I know that it's definitely harder in my experience than it is with deity work. Yes, absolutely. Because again, sometimes they don't understand or sometimes it's just the act of trying to get them in the order they need to be in for Mm -hmm. them is is a lot more complicated. That's a lot of energy too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that is definitely a fun thing. Now, do you have any classes or any kind of uh, things that are coming up that you would like to promote for, you know, the next couple of months or any of that fun stuff? You know, I am hoping um, in the new year to kind of build some online courses that people can just kind of purchase and and kind of have like a series of Mm -hmm. videos. So I am kind of working on that for the new year. Um, Also for my my Portland people, um, on December 9th, I believe I'm going to be in Portland at Sea Grape Apothecary. Nice. And I'm going to be doing a pop-up shop, which is going to be a bunch of fun. Um, so I'm going to bring a lot of stuff that I've made, um, you know, charms, charm bags, hanging wards. Um, I've made witch bullets. I have all this stuff. Um, and I'm going to also be doing, uh, I'm going to be dressing Novena candles for people to take home. So you can come to me and be like, hey, I need a spell for this. And I'll pick one of my candles, dress it with oils and herbs, and then you can take it home with you and burn it at your convenience. So I'll be doing kind of spells to order (laughs) while I'm there. So come on down to Sea Grape Apothecary. I'll be there Friday, December 9th from about 11 a.m. till about 3 p.m. Nice. Um, So come on down, buy some stuff. I'll have oils, all kinds of stuff. So come and see me. Yes. If you guys are in the Portland area, please go visit Jay on December the 9th. I guarantee you guys will love it. He just all of his stuff in his book that he talks about. If you you can see him in person and just buy one of his spells, I guarantee you're going to love every minute of it. It's going to be so awesome. I wish I lived closer to Portland. Otherwise, I would totally come visit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm across the country, sadly. (laughs) Oh, no. But that's okay. Uh, so you've got the pop-up classes coming hopefully in the new year and you've got that on December 9th and you said that you're uh, in the process of you know researching possible future books in terms of the paranormal but do you have any other books or any other works that you've got coming up that you want to tease about? Um, I do have something that's sort of in the works as well that I'm it's one of those that I, I've written several sections of, but I'm mm-hmm. still not entirely certain how I want to put it together. Um, I'm starting to realize, though, that I guess my thing when it comes to writing books for the, you know, uh, witchcraft community, my thing apparently is I'm going to take this thing over here and this thing over here, two things that should not go together at all, <laughs> and I'm going to put them in the same book. Um <laughs> Because apparently my purpose here is to be a bridge person, and I've just kind of accepted that. So I'm going to, again, be heading out into the witchcraft world and going, hey, you know those things that you say you shouldn't put together? We're going to do it, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be fine, and we're all going to have a good time. So uh, I am... I'm working on that right now. I think that that sounds super awesome. I, I, You don't have to tell me all the details, but I'm excited to read that because I am somebody that, um, especially frequently on my show, I, you know, preach the whole thing of do your practice your way. If yes. This, 
idea over here does not fit you, find something that works that, you know, like, uh, for example, a lot of people like to associate green with money. Money might be mm -hmm. a purple color for you. And if that's your thing, by all means, use it. And right. I think that that's something that we often forget or often are told that we're not allowed to do. If it wasn't set in stone by one of the masters that has written the book so long ago and done the things, mm -hmm. you can't do it. But the thing is, nobody told them how to do it. There was no book beforehand. A lot of it was just experimentation on what worked for them and they wrote it down. Right. And, and things so, like that are yeah. so subjective. Like green is American money. Yes. But I've also been in other <laughs> countries where the money is purple. Right. So exactly. it's like <laughs> I absolutely. think that's so awesome. And I am so excited for that book. I think that's gonna be so great whenever you get that out. But today has been such a wonderful experience having you here on the show. I am so thankful for the guidebook that you have written for all of the paranormal community and witches. You don't have to be a witch to read the book just for the record. You can Definitely. just be somebody out there that wants to explore the paranormal. It has everything in there that you need to know on A, how to keep yourself safe while working with the paranormal and B, how to work with the paranormal ethically and effectively. Those are two things that you definitely need to remember ethically and effectively because if you don't do the ethical part you are just as bad as some of the people out there that like to scream at ghosts on television and that's not okay we don't 100%. appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> so jay thank you so much for being on the show i hope you will come back in the future and chit chat with me some more and everybody out there who is uh getting ready for the holidays and getting ready for yule or whatever holiday you celebrate Stay safe, be careful, and happy holidays, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.